Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth. Since 1868, member FDIC. Good morning. It is Thursday, January 25th, five minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Donald Trump racking up more high profile endorsements this after his win in the New Hampshire primary. The Republican National Chairperson Rona Ron McDaniel says that she's looking at the math, the map and the path going forward and she doesn't see it for Nikki Haley and it's time to unite around our eventual nominee which is Donald Trump. If you are now endorsing Trump at this point, Mm -hmm. like I'm saying you hadn't previously done it, and then after New Hampshire, you're like, I'm all in it for Trump. You're pathetic. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's like, like, how's, I mean, I guess you are showing how stupid you think society is that after all this time, what, what, what sold you on it? Like Mm -hmm. what, what did you, what else did you need to hear to decide whether you were team Trump or not? And there are so many of these politicians who are like after I I support Donald Trump. I endorsed. No, you don't. No, you don't. Well, after he won in Iowa (laughs) and then after he won in New Hampshire, after careful consideration. <laughs> I've decided to endorse him. We got into this with Merritt a little bit. So mm-hmm. these candidates for governor, oh my gosh, these people are pathetic. So everybody knows that Trump had endorsed Mike Braun mm-hmm. and Braun offered support for Trump. And so like moments after New Hampshire is called for Trump, Silent Suzanne, the <laughs> lieutenant governor, Suzanne Crouch, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. comes out with this press release about how she's endorsing yeah. Donald Trump. First of all, the narcissism of you thinking at this point that you're making any difference one way or another, like that you're in any way, like the lieutenant governor in Indiana who has had ample opportunity to endorse Trump and he's won two states easily without your endorsement. The idea that you think anyone would remotely care what you say or what you think, and then to put it out in a it's out in a press release mm-hmm. when she had been as hands off as you could possibly be on Donald Trump all this time. So Braun decides to get mouthy with her and you know re, basically retweets it and goes, "Well, you know he endorsed me and I supported him long ago," and you know takes some sh- shots at her. And then Doden, <laughs> who I guess is still running for governor, mm-hmm. um, oh we'll get into him in just a second. He. He tweets out something like, I voted for Trump in 2016 and 2020. Oh, that's our standard now. Mm -hmm. You notice these people, Casey, they're not having conversations about how do we help your property taxes. They're not talking about how do we fix this out of control gas tax. Mm -hmm. They're not talking about fixing the billion dollar uh, Medicaid mistake. They're not talking about out of control state budgets. They're not talking about out of control government. They're not talking about unaccountable government. They're not talking about wasteful spending. They're not talking about this FFSA, FSSA disaster. They're fighting with each other on Twitter about who they've endorsed. Yes, about who likes Trump the most. As though, well, you're only 9.9 on a 10 scale for Trump. I'm a solid 10. Mm -hmm. How does that help me at all? But these people are clowns 
all of them. It's not about helping you, Rob. It's about helping them. It's They're not intellectually serious people. They're not capable of actually solving these problems. They don't have the intestinal fortitude to do the things necessary. This is why I find the Braun thing so interesting that he's in, in all these polls so far ahead because there's nothing Braun has done. Like, if I were to tell you, Casey, right now, okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Go. The signature accomplishment either in the Indiana House of Representatives or as a United States Senator of Mike Braun is hmm. he's spending a lot of time on the border right now the signature accomplishment yeah. of Mike Braun is hmm. nothing there is nothing yeah I can tell you that he voted for the largest tax increase in Indiana state history. He voted for 40-plus tax increases. He voted for massive growth of government. But his ads, when you watch his ads, are United States Senate ads. He's talking about China and the border. Mm -hmm. What the hell does the governor of Indiana have to do with China or the border? The answer is nothing. But Mike Braun doesn't want to put the work in, and quite honestly, you can't really blame him because clearly the people are just rolling over because he's a senator and voting for him. So what's your, what are you going to get with Mike Braun? You're going to get the status quo because nobody's forcing him into a position where he has to come up with concrete policy proposals. And instead of spending your time, if you're Doden or Crouch, hitting this guy. Now, Suzanne's got a big problem with those tax increases because she supported all of them as lieutenant governor. But if you're Doden, you didn't support any of that. I mean, probably did, but not publicly. Why wouldn't you be spending your time on that versus, well, I voted for, for Trump. No kidding. You're running for <laughs> governor's Republican. I would hope you voted for Trump. Suzanne Crouch said that President Donald Trump's victory in New Hampshire this evening is a <laughs> testament to his popularity and resilience. <laughs> so no I, kidding. So I found out everybody likes him, so I guess I'll like him, too. I'll like him, too. And then she turned around and started posting pictures for National Pie Day, oh. which is very important. Yeah, it's going to get really down to the nitty gritty here mm-hmm. of a National Pie Day. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you mentioned Eric Doden. Yes, he's still running. He's he is still okay. running. He's still running, and he's claiming that he is the first candidate to file for governor. So he filed a ballot access petition, and so now he's promoting himself as the actual first candidate for governor. As though the other ones aren't going to file. Mm-hmm. Like as though there are some. I mean, once you have the signatures, you go in and fill out a, a piece of. A piece of paper. Okay, so I was in the Facebook memories was it was a year ago, I think yesterday. A year ago yesterday, I met with Doden. Yeah, you guys went out and you talked about, hey, these are things that you can do to win this race. Yes. Do these things and people will come on your side. Yes, because I had tweet I had tweeted or posted or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hey, I met with Eric Doden. I am optimistic that he will take some of the things that we suggested here today and make those kind of central planks of his candidacy. We are a year on on that, Casey. Mm -hmm. And it's not... Necessar- I mean, it is. The, the things I gave him, if he would run on those, he would have won. He would he, he would resonate with people. But it's not even that he hasn't taken my suggestions. I still don't know what any of these people, other than vague platitudes, want to do or how they're going to do it. Okay, so Doden said that our movement is leading the race. Lit, what it was? It's what our movement is leading this race. Every single poll ha- that I have seen has internals, been like thirty points behind. Yeah, that's the first time in the history of ever being thirty points down is leading in the race, Casey. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. These people will look you right in the eye and lie to you with no shame whatsoever. He could have used any other phraseology he wanted to, and he chose to lie about them. Air quote leading in the race. Doden, you ain't first. You ain't second. You ain't third. You might with a capital M-I-G-H-T-B fourth. Last time I checked, Casey, Mm -hmm. 
fourth ain't first so and it ain't leading. Have we heard anything more uh, from Suzanne Crouch about eliminating the income tax? Well, because that was her big thing. Well, and this is the platitudes, right? Oh, I'd like to axe the tax. Okay, mm-hmm. ma'am, how would you like to pay for it? Right. Bah! Nothing. And, and nobody. And this is the point. No, the same way as nobody believes that Suzanne Crouch is an actual hardcore Donald Trump supporter. Nobody believes that you're going to make the gov- the cuts necessary in government necessary to eliminate the income tax. Now, I assume she's still going to show up here first week of February, which is what our old friend Robert Vane said was going to happen. Mm-hmm. We'll ask and her we that. will ask her about that and mm-hmm. all, all the other things. And uh, look, Suzanne Krauts could probably do more good coming on this program if she can finagle her way through this and... I've talked to Vane. We love Vane. I've told him, I said, it's not going to be easy. I mean, there's a lot of things she needs to account for and address. But if she has some rabbit she can pull out of her hat with that, what what better show to go on for a Republican statewide primary than this program? If you can impress us, mm-hmm. if you can convince us, you can convince anyone. But nobody believes it, Casey, because there's nothing in the track record of these people that shows that they're serious about and again braun i have no idea why chambers and doden and crouch who have all this money are giving this guy a free pass on all these tax increases that he voted for so mike braun has been spending a lot of time talking about the border and he said that republicans have to stand strong in protecting america and here he is even mentioning how he's hearing about the border in the great state of indiana we got to have time to sort through all this too so, first time we've muscled enough effort, we got to be careful that we don't lose it, the opportunity to get it right. I can tell you back in a place like Indiana, it has risen to as big an issue that I've ever been a part of. Generally, the economy is that's so messed up, too. This actually eclipses that. I think what he just said there, he's nearly telling on himself because he said, back in the place like indiana yeah he's never here (laughs) well and again you look at his ads you'd have no idea if you didn't know who he he was what he was running for because the ads are nothing specific to to indiana and right now i guess he has no reason to because he's clearly in all these internal polls not just winning but winning overwhelmingly and the people he's running against are total snooze are a total snooze fest. We haven't heard a lot from Curtis Hill. Yeah, since, where is Curtis? Since he came out and said he would never allow the mass mandates to happen if he were governor and then all quiet. Can you imagine the amount of fun? So what was it like Braun raised something like four million dollars or I forget what the exact number is. But um, can you imagine the amount of fun? Let's just say I was running for governor and someone said, Rob Kendall, here's $4 million. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the ads we would run and the little stunts that we could pull? And yet these people have all this money. And because they are so plastic and they are so paranoid and because they are so, I mean, you see what they are, right? All of these people, even Curtis, to a large extent, is they're just establishment creatures. They uh, they are so afraid to get outside of this comfort zone because, well, if it doesn't work, then I'll be disowned going forward and I might not get invited to the dinners or the speaking engagements or the parties or the whatever. And so as a result, you have four of these five people, Doden, Braun, uh, Crouch, and, and Aaron Boy, Brad Chambers, who have 
infinite money by governor's standards at their disposal and they're not there's nothing these people are like the same you know it's like the spider-man meme where they're just pointing spider-man's just pointing at the other spider-man it's the same the same person hey mm-hmm. we gotta take a break when yeah. we come uh, come back abdul's gonna be with us yeah he's got a whole bunch of stuff on mm-hmm. this jamie Knoll clown yeah and we're gonna try to get to the bottom of what the governor might have known oh, and when. Interesting. That's coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here, and oh my goodness, look who it is. He's an author, he's a broadcaster, he's a provocateur, he's the owner and operator of IndiePolitics.org, and now he is the dude dishing all the dirt on Jamie Knoll, Abdullah Kim Shabazz. Hello. Good morning, my friend. How's it going? It's going great. So you've kind of become one of the leaders on this Jamie Knoll story. For those of you who have been hiding under a rock, Jamie Knoll, former sheriff of Clark County, uh, that's Jeffersonville area, uh, chairman of the uh, Republican Party in Clark County, also part of the Indiana Central Committee, which, as we talked about on State House Happenings, makes him one of the most powerful Republicans in the state of Indiana. At least he was until earlier this week. Well, right. And and uh, and obviously a very, and probably maybe most important, a very, very close friend of the governor of uh, I believe it's 15 felonies he's been uh, indicted on. Now it looks like his wife may be a part of it. You've reported this at IndyPolitics.org, corrupt business practices, ghost employment, official misconduct, theft and tax evasion related to his time, not only as sheriff of Clark County, but then he was running a, a township volunteer fire department. And this, to me, is a gigantic story, and it doesn't seem like here in Indianapolis yet Many people have caught on what a big story this actually could be. No, right now the story, for the most part, has been basically a regional uh, story. And i got to give a major shout-out to Louisville Public Media because uh, they've been doing an awesome job sort of covering uh, covering this the stuff. Uh, we've been following it for a couple of different reasons because, uh, because of the political angle and all this. Like I said, you know, ninth district chair, county chairperson, you know, ties to, to the governor and, and other political figures here uh, in the state of Indiana. Uh, this is, let me put it this way. This is not going to end well, and it's not going to end well not only for Clark, but it's not going to end well for a lot of people uh, because his wife, uh, there's a search warrant uh, placed on her. Uh, brother may have gotten uh, a pension uh, deal with, with the police department that he wasn't supposed to get, and this this has just been a, a mess and a disaster, and uh, it, it ain't going to end well. Okay, so the political side of this because obviously Noel was super close to Holcomb there's all sorts of photos of them together there's photos of him Holcomb talking about how hey, I stopped in to check on Jamie's kids at college to make sure they're okay there's no doubt that these guys were pretty much joined at the hip and we had this conversation in on Statehouse Happenings Abdul you and I are pretty good buddies and I don't know every intricate detail of your life and you don't know every intricate detail of mine and we don't want to know no we don't want to know <laughs> however if you and I started showing up or one of us started showing up in lavish automobiles and uh, you know taking regular juggernauts across the fruited plain and around the globe and tailor made suits and the finest this and that's in the world that really doesn't make sense for the lifestyles that we live based on the income you make and I make and what our spouses make. If it's outside of comic books and you're doing it extravagantly, I would ask you, Abdul, what is going on here? And 
is it, it I don't think it's unreasonable to say or to ask what did the governor know and when did he know it because if that's your best buddy or one of your best buddies and he is traveling the globe and in the fine automobiles and the you know the tailor-made suits wouldn't you think maybe something's up well here's the thing uh first of all some people can uh, sort of have a, a double life or, in other words, a triple life. They may not necessarily flash everything that they buy, possess. Uh, this was before your time, uh, but back in the early 90s, there was a guy who worked for the CIA. His name was Aldrich Ames. And so older folks in the audience, you'll, you'll, you'll probably remember this. Aldrich Ames was, was a spy who worked for the CIA, he and his wife, uh, to spy on the Russians, but they were also on the Russian take. And you could tell they were on the Russian take because he showed up at like, you know, Diamonds and Mercedes yeah. and steak dinners and the whole nine yards. That's usually and, how they get caught. They're stupid about it. Yeah, exactly. Now, now, my father, who was an auditor in the military, when all this was going on, like, son, you know what? Uh, had I done that, somebody would have probably called me into their office because yeah. they're like, hey, John, how's it going? Oh, great. Oh, how's, how's, your, how's your son's doing in college? Blah, blah, doing well. Uh, yeah, we noticed you got a, a new car. What is that? Oh, a, a Ferrari? Huh. Where? Mind if I ask? Because I know what your salary you're making with the five kids and two mortgages. How, what's going on here? So the so the fact that he he's living this exuberant lifestyle uh, is indicative that there's something going on for a former county sheriff and a guy who runs a who runs a not for profit and, and an ambulance company. Now, with that said, if if I were if I were the governor, I'd be like, hey, I'm shocked and surprised. Everybody else, he kept this for me. You know, we didn't necessarily see anything. You know, where we and I I'd sort of leave it leave it at that. Let let the process work out where it, where it may. However, I do think though. Uh, we're going to ask the governor. Uh, I'm checking with the governor's office today. Um, is the governor going to call for Jamie Knoll to step down as Clark County chairperson? Because remember, with Curtis Hill, when he was just accused of inappropriate behavior without a trial, without a hearing, without a process, everybody's mother jumped on Curtis Hill. And he was never charged with never, anything. Never charged with anything. Everybody jumped on Curtis Hill, saying, "Hey, you need to step down and resign, blah blah blah," because we can't have this kind of kind of behavior going on here. Well, here we've got actually you know charges and indictments, and there's Jamie in an orange jumpsuit. Because actually, I saw I saw the live stream. <laughs> okay, so you put out that you think there's a lot of tentacles to this from the standpoint of you said, hey, if you've received money from Jamie Knoll, you ought to be proactive, you know, and call the authorities and say, uh, well, how did you describe it? Lawyer, Lawyer up. Firms? Of course you did, right? <laughs> and you know, know one. Who, yeah, you know one who would help. But point is, you think that there are potentially all sorts of. Uh, arms out of this that could become major news stories. Yes, because he basically, uh, according to the the probable cause affidavit, once he indicted money or mismanaged money for like five years, so the tune was like $5 million, it's like 2018. That's a lot of cash to sort of circulate in and around the state of uh, Indiana, particularly, <clears throat> excuse me, with, uh, with political candidates and campaigns in the whole nine yards. So my thing is, and uh, if, if you, if you accepted money from Jamie Knoll, I'd, I'd start going through my records like, Hey, what do we take? We're going to segregate this site, call state police, and lawyer up. And by the way, call Abdul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, can negotiate a, he can negotiate the terms of surrender. Speaking of which, the person you hear shilling on these radio airwaves for business <laughs> is Abdul Akeem Shabazz. Hey, you uh, broke the story. It was a bad day for Todd Rokita yesterday. Oh, very bad day. What me. happened? What went on? Apparently, they had a staff meeting. Um, all the employees in the Attorney General's office, particularly here in the in the Springfield area, um, and it was... Uh, in a nutshell, it was. I'm sorry, Indianapolis here. I've got my other cap. I got some other crap going on back in the other state capital. My, my apologies. Yes, that's fine. Uh, Indianapolis area, three employees got let go or quit or resign. I know there's supposed to be some other mass uh, exodus taking place in the, over the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, I know one people was it was his driver. Other people sort of worked in human resources and 
personnel. And so while all this is going on, I'm getting yeah. you know, text messages like, holy crap. So I start <laughs> like, well, it'll be too late for this to come out of the cheat, so I'll just start live tweeting. Yeah. And the Twitter thing just... I noticed they didn't deny any of it. You know, on a good day, uh, my regular tweets get about maybe 2,000 views yeah. on a good day. Um, I won about uh, the media and the firing. They got like 30,000. Yeah, and again, I, I noticed there was no like press release. Hey, this is inaccurate reporting, and you know how much he hates you if he could have proved you wrong. And it, it actually kind of drove him crazy that we were actually tweeting this in real time as everything was. What's his deal? Why is he so awful? I mean, the, 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 remember years ago that thing came out in Politico about – just how her, it was a huge expose on how horrific it was to work for Todd Rokita and how he, you know, awful he was to his staff. What, why? You're, I mean, you're one of those powerful people in the state. You have everything basically handed to you. Why you got to be a jerk about everything? Well, it's because uh, I would argue, I would speculate that the walls are closing in uh, with, the dispen- with the disciplinary commission. The fact he may lose his uh, law license or at least not be automatically reinstated, which means he loses his position as attorney general. No one wants to hire him in Indiana because he would be considered to be toxic. Uh, good luck getting something done you know, with these folks in office and Rakita having his problems and his issues. And it's almost like a child. It's almost sort of, sort of lashing out because he, has, he doesn't know what else to do. Yeah. Is, if he goes, is he going to, I mean, uh, part of me wants him to go just because I think the meltdown will be, I mean, just days. It, 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 it of, used to be back in 2018, it was go, Todd, go. <laughs> Now it's go, Todd, go. Hey, real, with a comma. Hey, hey, real quick before before we let you go. Um, speaking of going, uh, it looks like three of the five kind of main primary candidates for governor have their signatures turned in. Chambers and Curtis. It sounds like are still out there. Are those guys going to get the the signatures? Uh, Chambers should have his signatures uh, by the filing deadline, and I was also told that Hill should have his signatures too. He had he he hired an outside consulting firm or signature company to get his signatures, but uh, uh, his campaign told me that they should have his signatures. Well, that's going to be very embarrassing if they can't get the signatures to get on the ballot. It's going to be very embarrassing. Uh, are you working or doing anything for the radio station this yes, weekend? Yes, I'm working this weekend. What are you doing? Uh, we had a conversation with John Rust Yeah. Uh, about uh, sort of his campaign, and also we spoke uh, to Taylor Schaefer, who is the head of Downtown Indy, about some of the issues facing downtown. Uh, Saturday, 1 to 3, Abdul at Large. Actually, really... actually, this time 1 to 2, because we have IU basketball. Oh, well, so you're only half working, which <laughs> yeah. is perfect for you. <laughs> exactly. It seems about right. Abdul keeps your boss. Find him at IndyPolitics.org. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. 93 WIBC. It's the Kendall and Casey Show. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. If you'd like to contribute, we would like to hear from you with your voicemails. It is 1035. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So we're going to talk about this coming up in just a little bit. But yesterday, the UAW has uh, endorsed Joe Biden, of course, after a long delay. The president was talking, the president of the UAW Uh was talking about why they endorsed Biden. And uh, he said that uh, they're going to... Uh, 
endorsements are earned. Oh. Uh, that that's what he said. I'm just wondering Super, how yeah. much how much that uh, earning. And yeah, because the, the the UAW just doesn't have a long and lengthy history mm-hmm. of just rolling over dead for whatever Democrat schmuck is on the ballot. But uh, while he was talking, the president of the UAW he also took the opportunity to rip on Donald Trump, and uh, somebody wanted to call and had a comment about that. So the UAW just announced that they are endorsing. Joe Biden for president. Imagine that. Uh, maybe it's time that uh, everybody who is a conservative Republican or supports Trump to consider Honda, Toyota, Nissan, Kia for their next vehicle. Uh, hashtag cancel UAW. Preceding message was paid for by Rob Kendall for governor 2024. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You couldn't pay me enough to go back into politics, but uh, that's flattering. Um, here's what's interesting, and I heard Tony talking a little bit about this on the way in this morning, and he, he's right. The UAW rank and file, I, I hear what that guy is saying, but the rank-and-file workers, many, many, many of them will not vote for Joe Biden and are going to vote for Donald Trump. And there was a time in another world where, a, a, you know, UAW endorsement meant rank-and-file, everybody, boom, here we go, here's your marching orders. That isn't how that works anymore. Mm-hmm. They're going to give him money, him being Joe Biden. They're going to provide him with resources. Mm-hmm. But it isn't going to matter. Look, at this point, the condition of this country, assuming Biden is the nominee, which I share your skepticism on whether that will be the case, all the money in the world isn't going to change somebody's mind whether their life is better or not. And that is why we keep coming back to the onus is on Trump to stay disciplined on his message, to stay focused on his message, to keep the campaign about the message and about the results of Joe Biden, because it doesn't, you could spend, somebody could drop $20 million in Indiana tomorrow trying to convince you your life is better. And the people here are too smart for that. It doesn't matter what you spend. So I don't think this is nearly that, that big a deal. And yeah, I agree that those people should speak out, but you know, it, it is what it is. And I don't think it's nearly as uniformed. The people who make up the union just vote however the leadership says like it used to be. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when they were striking and Donald Trump went there and had a rally? The president of the UAW has now called Trump a scab. And then Biden went and he was standing there on the picket line. And didn't he tell some of the people to shut up? Yeah, he looked very confused. He was wandering around. He didn't know where to stand. I, again, this election is going to come down to are you content with the condition of your life? That's what, what this election is going to be about as if it is Biden and Trump. And does people's disdain for Trump personally overcome not being able to afford food? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's really what the election, if indeed it is Trump against Biden, is going to be all about. And the UAW workers not necessarily lock and step with what no. the union tells them to do anymore. Okay, so there is a uh, new House Bill 1086, and it is about alcoholic beverage sales in Indiana. And here's a phone call about that. Yes, hi, fellow taxpayers. Uh, Rob, I'd like to hear your commentary, and I know you'll give a commentary on it, about this bill right now that the wine and the beer distributors are uh, screaming about on radio commercials. 
and I'd like to hear what are these privileges and what are these additional things the liquor stores want to sell. I haven't heard too much about, and I'd like to hear just what this bill is that they're all so fired worried about, and we should be worried about too, and what the ramifications of it uh, seem to be. So just like to hear your thoughts on that. I know we have other bills to worry about, good heavens, but let's worry about this one. Uh, you know, it's... <laughs> We, we have bills. Oh, oh, no, we can't talk about property taxes. No, we can't talk about that. Uh, uh, anyway, so love to hear your comments on it. And what I'm wondering about is they say something about free beer in that commercial. Okay, great question. Uh, that guy, our friend from the South Side, a longtime listener. Okay, so the two most powerful lobbies in the state of Indiana are the alcohol lobby, the liquor lobby, and the gaming lobby. And if you look at the two most corrupt layers of laws, alcohol and gaming, and the alcohol laws in this state are by design to create little fiefdoms and kingdoms for various groups of people and to exclude anybody from impeding in the fiefdom or kingdom. And so in the state of Indiana, there are certain things that beer sellers can do and there are certain things that wine sellers can do and it doesn't make any sense other than to create these little kingdoms that people can't intercede in and and squash out competition and so now that these mixed drinks are the you know the things you buy in cans mm -hmm. and etc now that these are a thing the beer people are arguing that they should have privileges normally preserved for the wine people, and on the surface, they're right because it's ridiculous that, you know, things like alcohol. Look, if you want to tomorrow start a widget company, Casey, mm -hmm. you can sell your widgets to whoever you want to sell them to whenever you want to sell those widgets. And if you sell those widgets better and at a better price and a better value, then you can sell them to anyone. Well, you can't do that with liquor. Only certain people can sell these things. Only certain people can sell these things here during certain hours. And so it's the, the irony is, so the beer people want in on the game that the wine people are in. Now, wine people are mad that the beer people are trying to get into their game. But the irony is that the beer people want in now when the beer people would squash somebody who tried to come onto their territory as well. What needs to happen, and it will never happen, even though Ethan Manning, who is that little who is the guy who is overseeing <laughs> this hearing, and he freely admitted, I mean, this is how stupid some of these people who represent us down the street are. They're stupid enough to say this stuff out loud. Capital Chronicle had a big article about this. He basically said in this hearing, yeah, these laws are convoluted, mm -hmm. and it's always been convoluted. And, and it's going to stay that he's way. He's admitting yeah. these are terrible laws, but because these lobbyists have such a stranglehold over us because we're addicted to their money and we know if we cross them they will fund someone else who will primary primary challenge i've told you this that when i was suffering from what i now believe to be several serious head injuries <laughs> and had contemplated running for state senate mm -hmm. i met with a very very high profile liquor lobbyist and met at this guy's house and it was two hours of you're great. We love all the things you've done. We love your tax reform, your infrastructure. Mm -hmm. You would be phenomenal at the state house. And, you know, he was he was giving me different ideas and things like this and that. And then it comes to the end of the meeting and he goes, I have to ask you this question, or I will eventually ask you this question. What is your view on Sunday alcohol sales? Mm -hmm. And I said, what difference does that make? He said, because I am not 
going to in any way disrupt my ability or my my client's abilities to earn money. I says, oh, wait a second. You have spent two hours telling me what a phenomenal job I have done and how I'd be perfect down here and I'd be the sort of fighter we need mm-hmm. and you know all the things that I could accomplish. But on this one thing, yep. if I don't line up with you, you will support the other guy even though you admit he sucks. Yes. Yeah. And that was, there wasn't an exact moment, but that was pretty much the moment, Casey, where I said, I am done with all of this because that is gross. And so you have the state of Indiana admitting, and I walked away from politics and haven't been back. The state of Indiana, you have lawmakers admitting, Ethan Manning admitting, Mm -hmm. this committee that he oversees the laws for are totally screwed up. And what we need to do is throw all the alcohol laws out the window and say, if you want to start an alcohol business and Kevin wants to start an alcohol business and Tony Katz wants to start an alcohol business, then we all should be able to start an alcohol business and sell to whoever we want to sell to. But that will not happen because of the power of the liquor lobby. So that is what all of this is about. It is the wine people mad at the beer people Mm -hmm. because the beer people are, they view it as impeding on their little kingdom that the state has carved out for them. The irony is the beer people would do the exact same thing to everybody else, even though the beer people are trying to play victim. Okay. Did that help? Yeah. Help me. I get it. Uh, It's uh, they're, they're fighting and nothing's going to change. Okay. One more phone call since Ramaswamy dropped out and DeSantis dropped out. Uh, This woman is concerned about what if something happens to Donald Trump? Where do we go from there? Hi, Casey and Rob. I don't sleep a lot these days. And yesterday (laughs) morning about 2 p.m., I got the craziest thought. So if something super, super awful happens to Trump, and I pray to God that it doesn't, with DeSantis and Ramaswamy dropping out of the race, does that automatically make Nikki Haley the Republican candidate? I thought you might know the answer. Thanks. Love your show, and God bless. Hmm. Okay, so I'll take a stab at this real quick, and I know we got to get to break. Yeah. So if you notice, DeSantis, Ramaswamy, they don't end their campaign. They suspend them. They suspend them, mm-hmm. which means that they could start them again. They primarily do that to be able to continue to raise money to pay off their debts. So they could start them again. If you were to have some horrific event or for some reason Trump couldn't be the nominee, it would very likely go to a convention. You would have an open convention, a brokered convention, and- That's where the delegates would cast their vote. Right. So it would not be that Nikki Haley is the automatic, because let's face it, Nikki Haley's going to get boat race in South Carolina and then she's going to be out too. So that would be, it would go to the convention and then the power brokers, which are almost- exclusively establishment-oriented people to be a delegate to a national convention uh, would make the choice, and you're not going to like how that works out. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and Hammer's going to join us next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's in front of 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And the champ, Hammer, is in the studio. Good morning. You say the champ because it is time to play (laughs) another round 
I've hit the post. Oh, yes. exciting. You are great. the defending champion. Yes. We've done this twice. Mm-hmm. You were the winner the first time, mm-hmm. Casey. Yeah. I was dubbed the winner last time, yeah. which means there's only one member of this yeah. group that has mm-hmm. not got a championship banner hanging in the rafters. It's not my wheelhouse. I freely admit uh, I bypassed lowly disc jockeying and went straight to talk radio. Mm-hmm. Some of us had a little more talent than other people You in the used room. to come into my studio on Saturday nights with your hat on backwards, starstruck. <laughs> So I don't want to hear any crap. So remind everybody what Hit the Post means, Casey. Okay, so songs have a musical intro, most of them, and Hitting the Post is when the disc jockey will talk up that instrumental part and then stop talking right before the vocals kick in. Right. Right before the lyrics kick in, Mm -hmm. you stop talking. Yeah. Now, Rob, you've pointed out that... When you were coming up to the DJ ranks, yeah. there were devices on the board that mm. would count it down for you. Like a pizza pie and it had a number on it. So I was just talking to the number. I wasn't actually paying attention to the music. You're just talking to the pie mm-hmm. and you got to get out when that thing hits one. But the old school folks like myself and Casey yeah. and Nige. <laughs> the elderly people, yes. Oh, no. We had to uh, feel it out. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to play around and hit the post. And everybody on your social media, the YouTube chat, Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook, they're mm-hmm. going to declare who the winner was. Okay, here. very good. Rob's going to go first. We need to set him up for success this time. I think I have. Okay, good. I think I have. Okay. Mm-hmm. The song that Rob is going to talk up. Mm-hmm. Is by Bruce Springsteen. Oh, exciting. Glory Days. Okay. So, are you ready, Rob? I'm ready. Here we go. 93 WIBC. <laughs> Casey looking fabulous. Hammer's here. Kev's here. Oh, my goodness. What an incredible day. The world is wonderful. I'm so distracting. 93 WIBC. Rick and Anchorman, you're just pointing out things around the room. Uh, lamp, uh, Casey, uh, candle, headphones. I told you, this is not, if, uh, if you want a water and sewer discussion, mm-hmm. I'm your guy. If you want a road discussion, I'm your guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at this. Mm. When you think of sewers, you think of Rob Kendall. <laughs> Okay, so I'm pretty confident that barring a complete meltdown by Casey and I, Rob will not be hanging up his first championship <laughs> banner. I don't know. I almost feel like I have to I have to throw this one so he has a chance. No, no. You're, you're worse than me than almost everything else, so I you wanna, can have this one. You know what? I really want to try to be worse than that when it's my turn. I don't know if I can. Well, I was like, so focused like on hitting the, the post. I wasn't focused on the content. The pride in me won't let it happen. Casey's here. It sounded like that scene in Wayne's World where Wayne walks off the show and he leaves it for Garth. <laughs> and Garth is just staring into the camera. Mm. I'm having a good time. Mm. Mm. All right. So Casey is yeah. going to go next here. And the song we've chosen for Casey, one of the great sing-along songs oh. of all time. Rob, it's something that you've done this with me. Sure. We've had sing-alongs at weddings. Yeah. It always rocks the house. Uh-huh. We're going to do a little journey. Don't stop believing. Oh, oh okay. Are you ready? I, I think so. Here we go. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. Cloudy today with a high of 51. We do have clouds and 45 now. Hey, coming up this afternoon with Hammer and Nigel, it's your chance to win Doobie Brother tickets. We're going to keep that black water rolling. Right now, it's Journey. 93 WIBC. Here we go. Wait, 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 wait. She stepped all over. She she did step over the top. And she's talking about the clouds in the sky? That's worse than me talking about the Kevins here? How what? 
What? That's what? Service, you're harassed. Service elements, Rob. People like to know the weather. They can look outside and say it's cloudy. <laughs> the presentation was better, though, because she at least she sounded confident. It wasn't. I was promoting Kevin's what they here. have coming up. <laughs> hey, right? I appreciate a shout out, uh, but you were a little more professional. Uh, Casey's here. I'm having a good time. <laughs> oh, I okay. All right, Hammer. All right. It's up to you. All right, so uh, I'll bring us home uh, mm-hmm. being a child of the 80s mm-hmm. with a little Huey Lewis. Got All it. Right, are we ready? Yeah. 93 WIBC. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Jason Hammer. Six feet tall, 246 pounds of pure Beach Grove Southern <laughs> Sex Machine. And coming up a little bit later on this afternoon, tickets for you to win the Doobie Brothers. Mm-hmm. The Doobies. That's coming up right now. Huey Lewis. Oh, wow. yeah. There you go. Boom. There you go. How, how many times did you practice that, though, before you came in here? None, because this is what I've done my whole life. My favorite thing with Hammer when he used to work at ZPL is mm-hmm. chicks would call him and request whatever, Christina Aguilera or Britney Spears, and he would always just ask them what they were wearing. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and then he would ask them to describe themselves, and based on the description of what they were, were wearing, would decide whether they got their song or not. <laughs> there was a thing called No Refusal Friday, mm-hmm. and depending on how you sound, it was either No Refusal yeah. or No <laughs> Refusal Friday. What's coming up this afternoon? You, Rob Kendall, are going to go off the rails, and we've got Reverend Charles Harrison scheduled to join us as well. All right. Thank you, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.